There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today marks the 35th anniversary of Oliver Stone's Vietnam War masterpiece, Platoon, which featured one of the deepest supporting casts in movie history. I spoke with co-star Keith David when he was promoting TV's Greenleaf in 2019, the latest in a prolific career from Armageddon to There's Something About Mary. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Greenleaf is, is back for season four uh, here on the OWN Network. You play Bishop James Deep uh, running that Memphis mega church uh, across Lynn Whitfield. Um, remind us where we left off at the end of season three and, you know, what what we should look for in four. Well, we uh, left in season three with uh, Harmony and Hope trying to take over the church and us vowing uh, to get it back. And you see what happens when we uh, attempt to do that. What was it like the show itself when you first heard the pitch or you first read that, that initial uh, pilot, you know, that, that you were like, oh, I, I really love this subject matter. Is it something with the church, just the chance to work with Lynn, or what was it that made you sign on board? Well, all the above, but I, um, I used to want to be a preacher myself. And so this was like the fulfillment of a fantasy. I got to, I got to play a preacher in a family, and it was, it's really a family drama. It just happens to be the family business. So that was a great draw, and when I saw how good the writing was and how uh, fleshed out and complex the characters were, I was very excited and I was happy to come aboard. Dish on your co-star Lynn Whitfield a little bit on just what makes it so great, you know, working with her. Well, I mean, I've admired Lynn's work for years. We worked together only once in a reading, and, you know, I've I've met her before and and had always uh, relished an opportunity to get to work with her. And to get to work with her so closely, I discovered just why she is such the great actress that she is. She's very thorough. She's very smart. She's very, very smart. And uh, as the seasons unfolded, I got to see exactly how smart she was and how caring she is about the characters that she plays, especially Lady May. And uh, she she was just a, a joy to work with. I look forward to working with her again. Awesome. Um, and then also, while we have you on here, we should also remind our listeners uh, that you're going to be in 21 Bridges. It's Chadwick Boseman, and I believe you play his, his godfather and you know sort of mentor, senior police. Uh, you know, Chadwick's like the biggest name in Hollywood now after Black Panther, but you're playing his mentor on screen. But I, I bet you're sort of a mentor to him off screen, too, because he probably grew up watching a lot of your stuff. Well, you know, he's a very exciting young actor. And uh, uh, 20 years ago, 
I voiced the Black Panther in a in a uh, in a uh, uh, an animated series, and uh, we only did the one episode, hoping that it would turn into you know a, a regular series. But you know they weren't ready for that at that time, and uh, so 20 years later, here it comes, and we get to see um, a movie about the past Black Panther, who is very a very exciting Marvel character, and Chadwick just plays the plays the fire out of him. He is a very exciting young actor. Awesome. What obviously we haven't seen 21 Bridges yet. How, how does it compare to you know other stuff in the genre? Um, why should we come check it out? Well, one of the, one of the things that excited me uh, from the beginning was that the uh, you know we've we've seen stories about you know dirty cops and cops on the take and all that kind of stuff. And you know I mean they usually are uh, you know pretty believable situations. But when I read this, the uh, uh, you know how how it unfolds from the very beginning, you can really see this happening. I mean. It's like this could be taken out of a true files episode. You can imagine seeing this on um, 48 Hours or something like that. So uh, that that was very exciting. And uh, J.K. Simmons is also in it, and uh, I've always loved his work. And I think you'll really um, enjoy how everything, you know, how smart Chadwick's character is, and how um, how dedicated he is. And you see a man in law enforcement with some integrity. That's another beautiful thing to see in these days. Absolutely. Um, well, I can't wait to see that. Um, we've seen you in so much over the years. I think the very first thing, you know, that I remember seeing you in was uh, was Platoon in 86, uh, you know, Oliver Stone. And, man, you looked down that cast, and so many of you guys became stars. I mean, you had Charlie Sheen, Willem Dafoe, Tom Berenger, Forrest Whitaker, Johnny Depp. Um, did you guys, I mean, looking around that cast, I mean, just take me into that you know, that ensemble of, you know, you guys are singing, what is it, the tracks of my tears, you know, with smoking weed and everything. There's like a camaraderie between all of you guys. Speak a little just sort of that, that bond you guys had as actors. Well, we got two weeks to rehearse and live like a rifle platoon. Uh, and in those two weeks, we never called each other by our actual names. We called each other by our character names. And we really got to, you know, live that reality. In fact, Captain Dye said at the end of those two weeks, we were really beginning to look like and behave like a real rifle and uh, I discovered that, you know, being a uh, strong link in a, in a great chain could be a great experience. You know, the Vietnam War was a very controversial war in our country's history, and nobody wanted to be there. But we got to have some understanding of what it was like to actually be there. And, uh, and you're right, there was a wonderful, wonderful ensemble of men. And I think that the subsequent careers that everybody has enjoyed since then was the well-earned and well-deserved. Absolutely. I mean, you go from doing a, you know, a harrowing, really serious, somewhat depressing movie, like, you know, a Vietnam War movie like Platoon, but then you can also, years later, do There's Something About Mary. Um, you played the, you know, dad, you know, Ben Stiller has to come over on the prom night, you know, gets his pranks in the zipper. I mean, were you guys cracking up on set as much as we were watching that thing? I mean, that it's still one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have some, I mean, I, I would love to see the gag reel on that one. We had a Fantastic time. <laughs> was the bean above the Frank line in the script by the Fairleys, or, or what, what? What in that scene was improv? Anything? Oh, just a couple of reaction shots, but you know, a lot of it was on the page. But we got we got to uh, pad the payroll a little bit, which was great. <laughs> Hilarious. 
Um, and uh, we won't run through all your roles, but one final one I remember that stuck out for me was, was Armageddon. You were sort of that government figure trying to pull the plug, going up against Billy Bob Thornton, who wanted to keep it going. Um, any memories of, you know, working with Michael Bay on that? I mean, talk about a big cast like in Platoon. This this had to also really start the cast, but you were in there holding your own with those guys. Any memories of that one real fast? Oh, I remember it was, a, you know, it was another great experience. You know, one of the things that uh, was significant for me about it is, you know, uh, once I had read for the role, you know, they hadn't intended for General Kimsey to be a black man. Uh, and so they, uh, they, there was a lot of back and forth about that. And I, I reminded them that Colin Powell was a five-star general. So uh, finally, after weeks of back and forth, I got the part, which was, uh, you know, another wonderful opportunity for me. And I was very, very, very glad to be there because that was another great cast. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, in recent years, you've sort of found a whole other, you know, skill set, winning three Emmys, doing voiceover work um, on a bunch of different documentaries. Um, how did you fall into that? I mean, you, you were an on-screen, a famous face on-screen for so long, but you found a whole new lane here with that. What's the key to a good voiceover delivery or even picking the right project? Well, I mean, you know, many times you, you audition like anybody else until until um, – and it was a very, very um, exclusive white boys club when I came into it. I mean, there weren't terribly many black doing boys over. It was just right. a very small handful. You had and, maybe James you know, Earl Jones or Morgan Penn. That's probably about it around that time. No, you had also um, Adolph Caesar. And, and, and he was uh, just, you know, there were just, like I said, just a handful of guys. And it was hard to break into. But I kept auditioning, kept auditioning. Finally, I got... I started getting requested, and um, you know the rest is history. I mean, I, I mean, I, I was, I've been very fortunate in that arena as well. And then I met Ken Burns, and you know, I've, I've done six projects with him, and won an Emmy for three of them. There was another, there was another man, Percy Rodriguez, who was just a wonderful voice actor. I mean, he was a wonderful actor, and he was, a, I mean, he was the first black man to have a series regular uh, back in the 60s in, in Peyton Place. Yeah, yeah. But his, vo his voice was incredible. You may remember him as the high commander in uh, Star Trek, the first incarnation of Star Trek. Yes, of course, of course. Well, keep on doing the voiceover, and but also keep being on screen because we love your screen presence. Um, anything else you want to tease before we hop off here? I know we got Green Leaf coming up. We got Twenty One Bridges. Well, if you're in the New York area, I'm, I'm going to be doing a show uh, uh, based on the music of Nat Cole. I call it "Let There Be Love." And, and this is on Broadway. No, it's going to be at the Queens Performing Arts Center, and I'll be singing the music of Nat King Cole, which is something I love to do. That is going to be awesome. One of the best voices of time. Thanks for that teaser. All right, everybody, check that out. Nat King Cole, Greenleaf, 21 Bridges, tons of stuff to catch up with Keith David. So thanks so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.